right. Fake Spike Podcast number 89. 89. You know, last episode I said I was going to start doing player numbers, but I probably should have done that, you know, 60 episodes ago. There's not many left now. 89. Let's see. I know Jeremy Ruckert's 89 now. Who, who's 89? Was Jericho Cotri 89? I'm not sure. Anyway, it would be nice to get on here and have a happy recap for you, but it's not going to happen. It's just not in the cards once again. For the fifth time in seven weeks, the New York Jetropolitans, as a famous sportscaster around here would say, um, blew it and uh, handed it to the other team. For the fifth time in seven games, the Jets just gave it away. Now, I will start by saying that I had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not, I'm not slightly under the weather here. I uh, was halfway through the fourth quarter, I was debating whether I would even call this like a same old Jets thing. You know, I mean, I, I go on and on about same old Jets. It, it never ends almost, right? And, uh, you know, I got some of my, some people yell at me and they're like, you just say same old Jets when they lose. And, and you know, it sometimes it feels that way. But, you know, halfway through this game, I, I wasn't going to make a big deal about same old Jets. They just got, they just weren't good enough. You know, I mean, the quarterback wasn't good enough. The defense, even though it hadn't let up a touchdown, just wasn't good enough. It like kept letting Detroit take up time, and we'll get to the first drive in a second. So, so I, I wasn't ready to call it same old Jets. I was ready to just say that they were, you know, they went into a game against a team that's really starting to come together and lost. Right? They just they just got outplayed, and, and the other team was better. And then, as I think that the football gods say, all right. Let's show Rob the dark side a little bit of what we got. <laughs> Next thing you know, we got a same old Jets clinic going on. And, and we'll get to all of that stuff as we go. I want to start with the beginning of the game, rightfully so, right? So the Jets defer, which I like. You know, I, I never have a problem deferring. I like getting the ball in the second half. So if you, especially if you have enough confidence in your defense, then go for it. Defer, let them, let the, you know, if you, get them three and out or don't let them score, then you have a big advantage, right? So defense looks terrible on the first drive, terrible. Third downs converted all over the place, chunks and chunks of yardage. You know, Detroit gets basically takes eight minutes off the clock, right? So already the defense is tired. Eight minutes off the clock, gets down inside the five to the one, and the Jets stop them on a big goal line stand. I'm like, all right, great. You know, the Jets get the ball at the, the one or the two. I think it was like the two. All right, so so all right, good start. I, I don't love the fact that the defense once again looks like crap. I don't love the fact that they let Detroit take eight minutes off the clock and dominate the time of possession. But okay, we stopped them, and that's the important thing, right? No score. <laughs> so, part two of what angered me about the early part of the game was Mike Lafleur. So the Jets make the big stop, and they're first and ten from their own two or so. So now here, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you got this kid in there who. The entire league, obviously the NFL team is playing against him are going to know this, but everybody, fans, casual people know he's, he hasn't played well, he stinks, whatever you want to say, and has had trouble with, you know, with, with like, uh, like pressure and everything else. So instead of the usual run on first down, in this instance, you should, this is, the Jets are going to waste it down, They're going to, they should waste it on first down, throw deep. I don't care if you hit the guy or not. It's not if 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 you if you if you hit a receiver, it's a bonus. But throw deep, let him fade back, take a step, throw it as far as he can, slightly at an angle, let it get out of bounds, and at least the defense is then like, all right, well, all right, maybe you know maybe we can't stack the box because you know that they had absolutely zero respect for the Jets' passing game. They they were in the Jets' backfield all day. The Jets couldn't run the ball. So what does Lafleur do? He runs the ball on first down. 
All right, and they lose two yards. They they're at the they're, they're at the inch line now. I mean, it's it's almost a safety. That's how. Then the nose of the ball is like like on the goal line. So now, what do you do? Right, you should pass. You should now. You should make every effort to get out of the the shadow of the damn end zone. And and even if you don't get a first down, at least give your punter room because now you've already lost it. You've lost yards. It's unlikely you're going to get a first down with thir- you know with twelve yards to go. So at least try and and get half of it back, and then and then you have a manageable third down. No, what does this guy do on second down? He throws the bomb. <laughs> he throws a bomb on second down that that went nowhere. And now you wasted you know very low percentage. You know long passes are low percentage plays to begin with. So this guy on second and twelve goes with a low percentage play, and of course the low percentage hit. And now the Jets are third and twelve from their own inch line. Inch line. I mean you, you barely have room to do anything course third down goes nowhere because now Detroit knows they have to pass I'm surprised they didn't do a draw play or maybe they didn't I'm just not remembering no I'm pretty sure they passed so now it's fourth and 12 the Jets have zero room zero the punter is has got his you know his heel a half inch from the from the back of the end zone where if he if he missteps he's gonna he's gonna get a safety right has no room to punt no excuse he sucks we're gonna get to him in a minute too but you know he punts a low line drive and the Jets you know stellar uh, special teams unit once again comes up big, I say sarcastically, and you know, touchdown Detroit on the punt return. So there's been three punt returns in the NFL this year, and the Jets have given up two of them. So now the whole any goodwill you got out of the fourth down stop, you know, even after an eight yard after an eight minute drive and being annoyed and frustrated, even all the goodwill from that is gone because now they're down seven nothing anyway. So now it's seven nothing. Jets get the ball and then they proceed to you know to go the rest of the game and do what they have to do. So that just annoyed me so much where you, you know, you know like you, 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 my big thing, I'm stuttering. My big thing with LaFleur lately has been, he doesn't, he doesn't try and, and game plan around the weaknesses of his team. He tries to, I don't know what he does. I mean, some guys will try and force guys into a certain system or a certain, you know, a certain uh, game plan. The Jets seem to, <clears throat> I don't know, they don't they don't seem to, to try and be smart about things. There's no reason to put Wilson in a third and 12 there. You should have you should have loosened the defense up on first down and then you want to try and run on second down or throw a short pass on second down, that's fine. But but to run the ball on first down and then try a bomb on second down is just, just stupidity. It's flat-out stupidity, lack of situational awareness, which the lack of situational awareness is going to come into play on this podcast again in a few minutes. So... <clears throat> Braxton Berrios, um, you know, fumbles a kickoff, I and mean, he managed to pick it up and run it and, and get some yards out of it. But, but this guy, I've had enough. I, I mean, I've had enough. He's he either fair catches the ball or let or lets a punt go over his head and 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 gets them in terrible field position more often than he does anything else. He's dro- he dropped that big pass against Minnesota, and you know, and I was going to save this part for later. I may as well say it now since I'm on his name. Is why is Braxton Berrios still so involved in targets in the in the in the like you know in the important part of the game late in the fourth quarter? I just don't get it. You have playmakers. You have two tight ends that can catch passes that can that can probably exploit a mismatch with a linebacker or a safety. And we're trying to we're trying to do something with Braxton Berrios constantly. I don't get it. I just don't get it. So Wilson looked. 
here's my thing about Zach Wilson. Okay. He he's had some flashes. He's had a lot of bad stuff. And a lot of the time he's in between this game was a little bit of everything is a little bit of everything. He had those, he, he had those flashes where it's like, Oh man, you know, I wish he could do that more often. He had those moments where you're like, Jesus Christ, get him off the field. And, and in between was, was a lot of, a lot of other stuff. There was a lot of, of, okay a lot of bad he missed a lot of receivers he still can't throw the short pass to a guy standing 15 feet away from him it's just annoying he, he, he didn't look great at all he didn't look terrible most of the time but there's just there's this he just looks he just looks overwhelmed you know i've heard some other people say uncomfortable um i don't know if he looks uncomfortable i think that just is natural you know, to say uncomfortable. I think he's overwhelmed. I don't think he's processing well. I don't think he, I don't know if it's that he doesn't know the game plan or he just freezes in the moment or he's just, you know, he, he doesn't know how to go off reservation well enough unless he literally breaks the play because Zach Wilson on the run is really not bad. He's, he's suddenly become somewhat accurate. He suddenly has the ability to, to do some things when he's on the run and breaks that pocket and runs. So I don't know why they don't design more plays for him. Once again, another, you know, maybe they're trying to f- force him to be a, um, a pocket quarterback this would be a huge mistake. So the referees, let's talk about the referees. Now, now, believe me, I am going to get to the whining and complaining about this team in a minute. But the referees, I mean, listen, I, I get it that Jordan rules that started with him, or at least at least the first time it was named, is, is the superstars are going to get calls. And in, in football, a lot of the time, the super, you know, the super teams, the really good teams are going to get calls. The Jets get none. And some of them are obvious. And I know I, I had this discussion yesterday and I got a lot of the, oh, well, Source Gardner gets away with a lot of stuff. Yes, he gets away with some stuff, just like teams get away with stuff against the Jets. But some of these things with the Jets are egregious. You know, one of the borderline plays was a grounding call before the half. And uh, I didn't like it. I mean, it's it's borderline. But to me, Wilson was, was trying to get out of trouble. He threw the ball pretty much into the ground but Garrett Wilson was in the area he was about eight yards away granted but but he was there it wasn't like he was throwing it literally into the ground so judgment call doesn't go our way more egregious is right right before the half where the Jets had to settle for a field goal was a pass interference play that that wasn't called and and the guy was draped I mean he was practically hugging Garrett Wilson. He had no chance to catch the ball. It was a very catchable ball. It was right. I mean, this if, if the guy's not draped on him, Wilson catches the ball in stride and, and go figure. One of the few passes Zach Wilson throws in stride doesn't get the pass interference call. Um, after that horse, after that, not horse collar, I was going to say horse collar for the next play. After the um, grounding call is a horse collar, horse. <laughs> Sometimes my accent drives me nuts. A horse collar that wasn't called. Wilson got dragged down by his, by his, you know, by the inside of his jersey. The hand slipped off, so it wasn't one of those crazy ones where the guy's yanked all over the place. But it was a clear horse collar. I screamed about it. The announcers mentioned it. No call, of course. So, so now, you know, um, he gets sacked with the horse collar, and and they, um, and, and they end up not getting a field goal. So, Wilson and his accuracy issues, man. I mean, this kid. I, I, you know, the flashes don't even impress me anymore because even the good plays he made were underthrown. The accuracy is so bad. It's so bad. Wilson hit uh, Jeff Smith. Um, it was a completion for about 50 yards when it was all said and done. He just basically threw the ball in the air. It was like it was like a punt. It was it was in the air for about an hour, and uh, Wilson had to like come back, wait for it, catch it, and then you know whatever. If he throws that ball on a line, and we know Wilson has the arm to do that. If he throws that ball on a, on a line and a bullet, he probably probably hits him in stride, and it's, it could be it could be a seventy yard touchdown, you know. But whatever. Um, 
he missed wide open receivers all day. There was, there was, yes, I mentioned earlier there was some of the bouncing of passes in the flat to receivers who were there, but there was also some some plays where you know, like Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore had a step on a guy wide open running, and and Wilson's pass wasn't even like a normal overthrow where it's just out of the reach. It's like eight, nine, ten yards away, just not even close. So I mean, the frustration, and, and I understand why these guys are frustrated. I mean, it's it's terrible. And I hear people saying all this time that, you know, for the past three days that Wilson is not the fault for this. No, he's not. He's not solely at fault for this, just like he wasn't solely at fault for the second New England game. You could pin blame here. You can pin blame there. And this game's got a lot, a lot of people to blame. The coaches, the defense, the special teams, everybody, everybody can 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 take blame on this one. But at the end of the day, let's be real. okay? even with all of the crap that went on with the you know the punt return and 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 the uh, and the defense giving up the touchdown and, and that horrible touchdown which we'll get to the jets still had had a chance to do it and and that is why after all i decided to call it same old jets anyway because that is same old jets the jets do a million things wrong and if they can do one of them right just one Things turn, they win the game. In this case, the Jets had so many things they could have done, and and they screwed it up anyway. And you don't even know who to blame. Like, you know, most teams, it's like a guy fumbled on the three. All right, well, it's his fault. You know, but with the Jets, there's so many different culprits, and they still only lost by three points and had a chance to win it at the end anyway. That's so frustrating. And that is same old Jets. Get your hopes up, whether it's for a season, for a game, for a drive, and then kick you in the goddamn balls. And that's what happens. We get kicked in the balls all the time. Uh, no pass interference. I said that already. Uh, the referees. Okay, Mike White on the sideline cheering. A great teammate. Guys is happy, and you can see he's genuinely happy. It's almost like he's a fan. When when Wilson does something good and the team scores, Mike White is genuinely happy. I saw at one point they showed him go and congratulate Wilson. And and listen, I totally get, and and I am the first person to to call bullshit on all of this because you know the media will show you what it wants. So they have they have a good reason to to play into the narrative that White's a great a great teammate and the team loves him and Zach Wilson's a pouting little bitch so they will show Zach Wilson when he's got a look on his face and they will show Mike White when he's congratulating guys but I, I think there's an element of truth to both of them even if it is um, you know pushed from a, a media agenda so Mike White great great guy I mean I really I've really taken to him uh, you know we'll get to why I've still not sold on him in a few minutes but um, it's it's a stark contrast to Wilson now, here's where I got frustrated. I'm looking through my notes. Uh, Zach sucks. Play calling sucks. Braden Mann sucks. Let's talk about Braden Mann. I mean, this you know, this isn't even a, a punter off the scrap heap like, like most punters. This guy was drafted. <laughs> he was drafted late, but he was drafted. The Jets have stuck with him for, I guess, I guess it's three years now. He is terrible. I mean, give me a fucking break. This guy, this guy has put this team in so many bad positions. It's not even you can't even count it anymore. Between bad punts that only go twenty-five and thirty and thirty-five yards, and and touchbacks on when you're trying to pin them deep, but he just kicks it to the two and it bounces in. I don't know if he's trying to get the ball to bounce backwards, whatever. But kick the ball to the ten, let them fair catch it. I'd rather they have it on the ten than the twenty, you know, and and kick it to the eight or nine. Instead of the two, and if they let it go, bounce and then and then hope, you know, it's just he's 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 terrible. He's terrible. He, he does not help the field position battle. And a team like the Jets, who who are defense first, need to win the the, the uh, field position battle. So, 
Zach Wilson with uh, uh, with one of the plays that was like, all right, here we go. It's typical Zach Wilson was the interception in the third quarter on the first drive. I mean, who was he looking at on that play? Well, we know he was looking at Elijah Moore because he never stopped looking at him. But what the hell was that throw? He threw it right to the guy. And this is this is what I mean about Zach Wilson being overwhelmed and not processing. I mean, the, the guy, it wasn't like the safety came running, running across the field and cut Elijah Moore off. The guy was pretty much just standing there, made one step, and boom, the ball lands in his hands. Detroit runs it down to the red zone and and ended up settling for a field goal. You know, thank God the defense held, but but that's just, you know, you come at it, you you deferred to get the ball in the second half, and then you basically just handed it to them. So the Jets in the first quarter make a big fourth a fourth down stop and then immediately give the touchdown back. In the third quarter, they, def- they deferred so they could get the ball, and they end up, um, you know, giving the ball right back and, and, and giving Detroit a field goal. So that's 10 points the Jets handed Detroit um, at the beginning of, of the first and beginning of the second half that that what you, would, you would hope would go the other way. After a fourth down stop, you think they would not give up an instant touchdown. And uh, when you have the ball, you would think that it wouldn't turn into a quick field goal like that. Whatever the case is, let's talk a little bit about the fourth quarter now, okay? Because, um, oh, I wanted to mention the Michael Carter miracle catch to save the Jets. You know, that ends up on the stat sheet looking like a, looking like a nice completion and a first down, but if you look deeper than the stat sheet, it was called. It, it's the pick six savior. You know that was uh, that was going to be an interception for sure. Could have been a pick six. Michael Carter somehow jumped up and, and 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 over the guy who was about to catch it on Detroit and and made a catch and instead it was a first down. Another terrible throw by Zach. So the fourth quarter touchdown by the Jets that gave them the lead at 17-13 with what, what, three, four, four minutes to play, something like that, was, was, was a thing of beauty. Not so much because it looked so good, but because they actually got creative for a second there. What the Jets did was they came out of the huddle and all their guys ran up to the line. It was like they hustled up there really quick, got set immediately, and snapped the ball right away. And obviously, the defense is is like, what's going on? What's going on? And And you know, even if you're prepared for a play, it's got to catch you. Even if it's a millisecond, we know how quick things happen. Even if it's just a millisecond, it caught Detroit off guard long enough that, you know, the Jets managed to have um, Uzoma wide open and uh, touchdown Jets. So, you know, and Zach, to his credit, finally hit a short pass, perfect pass, whatever else. So the Jets touchdown, I actually like the creativity. I think they should do a little bit more of that. Not that particular play, but a little bit more creative thinking to try and keep the other team off balance because that's what you need. It is what you need big time with this team because Wilson is clearly not going to be able to to do things in a in a standard kind of uh, you know, traditional environment, so to speak. So, okay, now let's talk about let's talk about the the same old Jets moment. So up to this point, right, it was just all right. Well, it's borderline. I'm not going to push it. I won't call it same old Jets. And then and then this happened. The Jets kick off to the Lions, and um, after the after the touchdown, there's four minutes left in the game. By the time Detroit gets to the point where they're just about midfield on a fourth down, now the Jets gave up some plays on third down here. I mean, the Jets cannot get off the field on third down. It's a big problem with this defense. I'll get to the defense in a second, but the 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 there was it was a two minute warning it was basically just after the two minute warning and Detroit had a fourth and half half a yard fourth and inches from near I believe it was their own 49 so situational awareness which I've mentioned over the years whether it's on podcasts or anything else the Jets just never seem to be situationally aware of what's going on and be smart about overall the big picture the big picture here is you've got a four point lead 
four points. There is no, there's not there's no threat of a field goal. You do not have to do everything in your power to stop them on fourth down there. You want to stop them, that would be great, but it's not the end of the world if they get a couple of yards or get the first down on a sneak or whatever. What you what you absolutely cannot allow them to do is catch you off guard and get a touchdown. And that's exactly what happened. Fourth and inches Detroit comes out of the huddle, gets up to the line. The Jets, apparently, I've read afterwards that, that Mosley and um, what's uh, Whitehead, no, White was White, uh, Joyner was out. So Whitehead uh, kind of sold out for the run, expecting a sneak or a run, and ran to the line. And what happens? They leave this, you know, no name tight end wide open on a, on a small little swing cross pass in, in, the, in the flat. Guy catches the ball at around. Let's let's call it the 47 or 48. Turns around and sees nothing but daylight. The guy starts running. He looks like a freaking antelope. He looks like a fast wide receiver. He's running. It, it just, it, I mean, there's nobody near him. Nobody near him. By the time anyone got near him, he was already inside the 20. He made one cut and faked a couple of guys out of their shoes and ran into the end zone. That is unforgivable. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? On fourth and inches, you give up the touchdown like that. That That is same old Jets all the way. The defense plays, I'm not going to say great. They played fairly well most of the game. They made some great plays. <clears throat> you know, They kept Detroit off the scoreboard, which is great. So from that standpoint, great. That that breakdown at that time of the game is completely unforgivable and makes me and makes me just go crazy pulling what hair I have left out and it's on my body because there's none on my head. Right, the Jets' defense has gets this reputation and, and constant praise as being an elite defense and a great defense and whatever. There are two things that are stopping them, and I've said this on every podcast, and it's still the same two things. The same two things: bad tackling. And well, actually, three bad tackling and not getting off the field on third down, two big, two wrapped into one, and no turnovers. They do not turn the ball over. The Jets have one turnover in the last five games. Five, come on, five games, one turnover, and that turnover was at the end of a 31-10 game when nothing mattered. C.J. Mosley would have picked on the goal line. So you know, if you're going to talk to me about an elite defense, you do not keep giving up long drives. You do not keep giving up chunk plays. You don't do bend and break. A bend, a bend, not break defense is not an elite defense. You absolutely do not get fooled on a fourth and inches play with the game on the line inside of two minutes. You just don't. You just do not. And you do, and you turn the ball over. The Jets don't do the Jets do too many of those things they're not supposed to do, and they don't do any turning over of the ball. You will not be an elite defense until you do. And I hate pinning this on the defense. I do. It's not their fault in an overall sense. But if you're talking about an elite defense and you know you have to go in there and pick your offense up because the offense is just not that good, then you can't you have to hold you have to be accountable for when you screw up big time like that. As I said, there was no reason. To, to go crazy trying to stop that play. If they would have gave up a few yards, they still would have had a timeout or whatever, two timeouts, who cares how many they had. It would have been inside two minutes, and they still would have needed a touchdown. They couldn't do anything with a field goal. So you still had all those all that time and all those plays to stop them from getting in the end zone if you don't allow a freaking backup tight end to go 50 yards untouched. God, I mean, if if you haven't seen the play, go go watch the highlight on how wide open this guy was and how he just ran down the field with no one near him. It's just, it's amazing to me. Amazing. Now, to further the same old Jets point, right, is the Jets get the ball back with a minute and 40, minute 30, whatever it is, plenty of time, and all three timeouts. Okay, the all three timeouts is the big thing here because 
all three timeouts is great, right? You can do whatever you want. You just, you know, piecemeal them out. Take a timeout at some point and, and leave yourself enough time. Take another timeout as you're moving down the field. And then you save that final timeout for the final few seconds. So you, you know, this, this is in a perfect world, of course. You save the final timeout for the last few seconds so that you can, you are not forced to throw the ball into the end zone if it comes down to it. Now, they were only down three, so that's not necessarily completely applicable here. But let's take a step off to the side for just one second. The way the Jets ran all of that was like they decided before the drive even started that they wanted to kick a field goal and tie it rather than go for the win. Why? Yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson did it before the half. He threw a nice, a nice touchdown pass, Ooh, which I forgot to mention. The touchdown pass Zach Wilson threw before the first half was basically his... Um, his film from the from the pro day that everybody fell in love with. It was almost the exact same pass. He just threw it to the other side of the field. But Wilson took the ball, rolled kind of a complete turn, and ran to the uh, to the other side, and then turned and turned and threw the ball against his body 50, 50 60 yards downfield. Hit his receiver, which again was also underthrown. So the accuracy is pitiful. But that that's what Wilson does in two minute drills. He has shown. This is one thing I will compliment Wilson on, and, and the Jets don't take advantage of this. In this situation, boggles my mind. He has shown that in a scramble, he can get plays made. Look at what he did against, against Pittsburgh, right? Look at what he did before the half yesterday. Look at what he did against Houston last year. Look at what he did against Tennessee last year. So Wilson, if there's anything good about his game, it's when he doesn't have to think and doesn't have to be uh, you know, worrying about a hot read or whatever. It is when he plays schoolyard football and runs off to the side and, and can try and make a play down the field. That's when he's at his best, if you want to call anything he does at his best. So what do the Jets do? Okay, so let's wrap this up in a nice neat bow. What did the Jets do? They get the ball on their own. I don't remember. I'm going to probably a touchback. So they get the ball on their own 25 with a minute and a half left, let's call it, and proceed to, um, you know, dink and dunk a little bit, a couple of sacks. Now the Jets get down to about the, the Lions 40 with 46 seconds, I want to say, 46, something like that seconds. And instead of calling a timeout, they just let the clock run down, right? They let the clock run down and run up to the line, they run a play, and then and whatever the case is, by the time all of that was done, they, you know, another sack and whatever else, there's there's now 20-something seconds left, right? So now the Jets are in like third and 18, and, and he throws a nice pass to, to Wilson, Garrett Wilson, who makes a nice catch, and and it looked like it was a tiny bit short of the first down. They gave him the first down, and they just get the ball, and, and they finally take a timeout. So now there's 14 seconds left, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, it's not 14 seconds now. Now, whatever, whatever happened, there was a couple of sacks, and there's 14 seconds left, and the Jets are still. They, they haven't even made any progress on the field. The Jets are still on their own. Uh, I don't know. I, I forget where they were. But they needed to get to about the 35 or so for a for to be in field goal range, right? So it's fourth and 18. You figure the game is over. They still have two timeouts, by the way. This is the, the crime of all of this, is that the Jets are, you know, could see it coming. They're going to allow themselves to run out of time at midfield with timeouts in their pocket, which is just, uh, you cannot, you cannot make this stuff up. That one you can't make up. I would have never thought anybody could be that dumb. Uh, and this is my first real, real concern about Robert Sala. That was really bad. So fourth and 18, Wilson hits Elijah Moore 
on a, on a really nice pass uh, in field goal range. They had the red line on the field. He was a yard or two in front of field goal range. His momentum brought him back, but he looked like he tried to – now they, they forget 14 seconds left when this play started. Elijah Moore runs backwards all the way around to try and get out of bounds. Okay, mistake number one is to continue your momentum and running backwards, okay? Mistake number two is you should have just caught the ball and immediately given yourself up, okay? You could have taken the timeout. There would have probably been four seconds left. Uh, they ended up getting the field goal off anyway by a miracle. Here's, here's a call that went the Jets' way. The clock actually expired, but because, you know, today's football is they freeze frame everything and go frame by frame. Like Elijah Moore's butt hit the ground and there was still one second on the clock. So they gave it to him. Technically, I, I you know, I would not have been surprised if they said, sorry, guys, time expired. So what Elijah Moore should have done, and this is more situational awareness, is he ran backwards to try and get around the guys who were there and tried to get out of bounds, didn't make it, got tackled and thank you know, thank the lucky Lord, you know, they, they gave the Jets the one second. But that's situationally stupid is he should have caught the ball and immediately give him, given himself up. They would have had an extra two or three yards at least, which may not have made a difference, but you, you just never know. Because, you know, the difference between 54 or 55 and, and the 58 they tried, you know, at 58, you got to kick it as hard as you can and, and just hope it's accurate. You know, a little bit less than that. You may not have to give it that all. You might have been able to try to be more accurate. It's probably wishful thinking, but whatever the case is, the Jets take that timeout and uh, clock expires. They kick the field goal. No good, of course. And somehow they they took a drive where they had a minute and a half and three timeouts and only needed a field goal, mind you, and somehow let the clock expire with a timeout still at their disposal. Completely botched time management. That that was that was unbelievably bad. There was no excuse for that whatsoever. None. I don't care what you say. I don't care whatever. The only thing anyone can say in that instance is, "Yeah, I fucked it up. What am I going to do?" It is inexcusable. Number one, to to start the drive looking for a field goal, and number two, let time expire with a with a timeout in your pocket when you just need a field goal. Okay. Awful. 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 That's enough of that. Let's talk about Mike White, okay? I, I see everybody talking all these conspiracies about, you know, the doctors want Wilson, you know, the Jets want Wilson to play, so they're paying the doctors off to let to keep White out. I mean, that's ridiculous to begin with, but the other thing they're saying is that Mike White would have made a huge difference in this game. Now, yes, in a vacuum, Mike White hits these open receivers, he doesn't have these problems, and then maybe the other stuff doesn't happen. And that's why I don't want to absolve Zach Wilson completely. Even though he did some good things, he did a lot of bad things. If he doesn't miss all these guys at all times, the Jets probably are not in a position to have the other screw-ups matter. But the th the, here's my problem with Mike White, with this whole narrative that Mike White would have made a difference. He may have. He may have torn apart the Detroit defense and hit those passes that Zach Wilson didn't, but there's just as good a chance that he would have been crushed and probably in a hospital again because look at Wilson. Wilson was under pressure all day. He escaped a bunch of times. He got sacked a few times. Wilson has not just good, but great escapability. I mean, he he gets out of the... He, he, he doesn't always make a good throw and he doesn't always you know, make a smart move after, but he, he escapes pressure better than just about any quarterback you, you know, this side of, of like Lamar Jackson. So that is something Mike White does not have. And that's the reason Mike White is so hurt to begin with is at against Buffalo. They had a strong pass defense and he, he doesn't, he doesn't move well. He doesn't try and escape the pocket. He just sits there and he's, and he's freaking got balls coming out of every freaking angle to stand there and take those hits. But I am not so sure that Mike White would have made that much of a difference because 
all of the escapes that Zach Wilson made, Mike White probably would not have been able to make. I've heard no one mention this because they want to put their blinders on talk about how Mike White is more accurate and would have found these guys. Yes, he may have, but he also may not have been standing up to do so. Be smart. You look at the bigger picture for once. Situational awareness. I accuse the Jets of it. Their fans are just as bad, okay? So, um, well, I want to, uh, um, oh yeah, so so Zach Wilson, after the game, they interview him, they, they asked him whether he was surprised um, that no timeout was called. And his response was, to be honest with you, so much is going on. I don't know when timeouts are coming, when they're not. My job out there is we're rolling until someone tells me the clock is stopped. All right. I, I appreciate the honesty. I'm glad he's honest about the fact that he's got no fucking clue out there and that he's just waiting for the coaches to tell him everything. But is that not a giant red flag to anybody but me? I mean, your quarterback is your guy. I mean, I, I'm not going to try and compare anybody to Peyton Manning and the Brady's and those, but those guys, those guys are aware of the clock at every second. They're the ones taking the timeouts. They're managing everything. And I know Wilson's young, but if you're not even at the point where you're aware of what's going on and you, you know, and, and I'm not going to blame him for this. The coach is called, but he could have called a timeout sometime on that drive too. But if you are so blissfully unaware that, and so overwhelmed with everything you have to do that you can't even, think of what you're supposed to do timeouts wise is that not a giant 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 red flag well it is for me i mean that's 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 you know i think we are we are at a point now where um i think we're at a point now where where zach wilson's not the guy and we we have to accept that uh i mean the the fundamentals are so bad the fundamentals are bad the 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 situational awareness uh, by his own admission is is not there uh, the accuracy is just terrible, and that has a lot to do with footwork and fundamentals. But this kid is so far away from being even an adequate quarterback based on these things that I don't think the Jets can can move forward with him. With I mean, you definitely can't hand him the job, but you, I don't know that you can even move forward. I mean, at some point, you should cut your losses. And Mike White may not be the answer either. I mean, you're going to have to go back to the 80s and 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 kind of design your offense around a pocket quarterback with no mobility in order to, in order to really build for Mike White. And that's going to require taking, and, and, and I mentioned it in the last, in the last show is, is you should game plan around that, have an extra tight end, have a running back in whatever, but that takes away from the ability for, for those guys to get out there. So that takes a weapon away. If you have a quarterback who's got at least a little bit of mobility and you don't have to plan around that, then then you you potentially have that extra weapon out there. I don't know that between the lack of mobility, which is the minor issue, but this the injury-prone nature of Mike White right now, I don't know that you can run him out there as the guy either. I mean, you, you can go into camp with these guys competing, but I am not sold like a lot of people are that Mike White is the 10-year guy. He's, he's definitely a 10-year guy on his attitude, his toughness, and his ability to inspire people around him. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. I mean, if, if he's if he's hurt and can't play, then it doesn't matter how much he inspires people, right? So I think the Jets quarterback search actually will continue at this point. All right. Episode 89 is um is in the books now. We're gonna we're gonna end it here. I'll be back either uh Wednesday or perhaps Thursday afternoon. Now it's gonna have to be Wednesday. So tomorrow. I'm doing this Tuesday to uh, do a preview show for Jacksonville, which is Monday night. The Jets playoff hopes on life support. Now they basically need all three games and they need 
Um, I know some people say, oh, we just need all three games and one team to lose. Yeah, it's very simple, but you still have to win all three games. And I'm not so sure they do that. I'm not even sure that they beat Jacksonville this week. Jacksonville looks good. Trevor Lawrence seems to be turning into everything we, we thought he would be. And um, as Barry would say, Mr. Barry, if you're listening, uh, Barry will talk about Frank Gore starting a game against the Rams a couple of years ago uh, instead of the kids. And, and causing the Jets to win a game that they should have lost. And if not for that game, we have Trevor Lawrence and we've been a lot better shape. But. All right, take care, everybody. I'll speak to you later in the week. Go Jets.